Today on Ask the Planner podcast, we're talking to a professional bridesmaid. This goes beyond the movie 27 Dresses, so don't go anywhere. You're going to love today's episode. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Welcome to today's episode of Ask the Planner. Today we're discussing a topic that may not be known to you, hiring a professional bridesmaid for your wedding. In today's very special episode, we are talking with a pioneer of this niche industry and the pros and cons that come with hiring a professional bridesmaid to be in your actual wedding party. Choosing your bridesmaids for many is not as simple as choosing your close girl or friends and sisters. In fact, it can be rife with indecision and stress. Who's going to be in the wedding party? Will we hurt someone's feelings? Are my partner and I going to have the same number of people in our wedding parties? And all that kind of stuff. Also, there's lots of costs with being in a wedding or even the maid of honor. So lots of things to think about. We're going to talk a lot about it today. So let's get to today's interview with Jen. Jen Glantz is the founder of Bridesmaid for Hire, the world's first service where strangers can hire a professional bridesmaid. She is the author of three best-selling books, All My Friends Are Engaged, Finally the Bride, and Always a Bridesmaid for Hire. I love those titles, by the way. Published by Simon & Schuster, Jen also shares rare, relatable, and refreshing guidance on her weekly podcast, You're Not Getting Any Younger, also an awesome name, and inside her weekly email series, The Monday Pick-Me-Up. She's also the creator of the newsletters Odd Jobs newsletter and the First Years of Marriage newsletter. Recently, Jen released a top-selling game for newlyweds called The Newlywed Card Game, She is truly an entrepreneur who has been a bridesmaid in almost 125 weddings, so she definitely knows the ropes through and through. I can't wait for today's convo, so guys, please help me welcome Jen Glance to the show. Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to chat. Oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So I love to get to know our guests a little bit before we dive into the conversation. I read your bio at the top of the episode, but I would love for you to walk our listeners through how you got started what was happening when you were thinking about launching this thing and then brought you to where you are today? Yeah. So I was in my early 20s. All of my friends were getting engaged and I started to be their bridesmaid. And all of a sudden I had distant friends asking me to be their bridesmaid. And it got frustrating because these were not people I was super close with. I was wondering what is going on? Why are they asking me? And I was venting to my roommate and she's like, Jen, it's because you're really good. You're a professional bridesmaid. And that's when I got the idea to say, okay, if I could do this for distant friends, why not do it for strangers? So I posted an ad on Craigslist offering my services as a hired bridesmaid. And before I knew it, the ad blew up. And I've been working as a hired bridesmaid for eight years doing exactly what it sounds, which is being a bridesmaid for a complete stranger. I think that's so amazing. I have to be honest, when I first heard about hiring a professional bridesmaid, I was kind of confused. But now I think you're a genius. And I think it's amazing. You got like so many responses from that just initial Craigslist of people that really needed help. What was it like just getting started. 
you know, I put the ad out there without any intention. I didn't think this was going to be a business. I had no idea what it was going to be. It was almost like a bit of a, let's see what's going to happen. And I remember working my first wedding for a bride in Minnesota and getting there thinking, Jen, what are you about to do right now? Like, this is bizarre. But after the wedding ended, I got back on the airplane and I was like, okay, there is an absolute need for this. And even though most people will think it's crazy when they first hear about it, obviously there's people out there who need this and we can't judge them for that. And I feel, and I still feel this way, like I'm the person meant to do this for strangers. I have so many questions. So if people aren't familiar and like they haven't been to your website, can you tell us briefly the different services, like the things that you're doing as a professional bridesmaid so that they can understand the role and the needs that you're filling? So the main thing we do is we are actually the hired bridesmaids. So we'll show up at your wedding. We'll pretend to know you from some point in your life. We'll wear the bridesmaid dress, walk down the aisle, give the maid of honor speech. We'll also go to the bachelorette party and the bridal shower, all of that. And because most people don't want to tell anyone that they hired us, we are undercover. So we'll have a fake name, a fake backstory of how we know you. We also offer more behind the scenes packages. And finally, we write speeches for maids of honor who need help with their speech. So We do a variety of things, but the main reason why people contact us is because they need a bridesmaid. And the reason why they need a bridesmaid, there's usually two. The first is that they don't have any close friends. And the second is because they have close friends, but their friends are a bit of a disaster and they need someone who's a professional to step in and just help manage the chaos of getting married. I feel like a lot of people are feeling that pain. We have some questions that came in from listeners, but we'll get to that in a second. So the process creating your backstory, is it just like you have a couple different ones and you're like, which one do you think is a good one? Or like, does she help you think of the backstory? Like you can be my friend from college. Here's like some funny stories. What is that like? (laughs) Right. Like oftentimes I sit down and I say, okay, who can I be in your life based on who's going to be at your wedding? So if you have a bunch of friends from high school, I can't be someone from high school. But if you have nobody from high school, that's who I can be in your life. So we try to figure out, okay, you know, based on who's going to be at your wedding, who can I be from your life that nobody would know that I wasn't really from that part of your life? And once we decide that, whether it's yoga class, grad school, study abroad, then I'll start to research those aspects of your life and really blend in, fit in, know all of the facts. So if somebody says, oh, you went to the same grad school as Samantha, I'll be able to talk about all of the things that they would expect me to talk about as a fellow student at that grad school. That is fascinating. Has anyone ever like, blown your cover or like tried to guess or no? Like on wedding crashers? <laughs> you know, most of the time, no one assumes that like I'm the hired bridesmaid, but I did have one story where the mother of the bride, she said, oh, I know Jen from high school. And she went into the yearbook and was like, she's not in the yearbook. <laughs> so that blew my cover. But luckily it was just the mother and the bride spoke to the mother about it and told her. But normally people aren't really suspicious. And if I get into a situation where I don't know the answer to a question, I'll just say, oh, you know, like I, I can't remember. And I'll turn the conversation back to that person. I feel like it would be really stressful if I was trying to do that. And so are most of them hiring you confidentially? Is that pretty much what it is? Yeah. Okay. A lot of them are hiring me and they don't tell anyone, not even the person they're marrying. Interesting. So you're the bridesmaid. Are you ever the maid of honor or is it typically a bridesmaid that's just like really helpful, but then the maid of honor is someone that they're close to that they can be okay with? I would say more often than not, I'm hired to be the maid of honor. So I'm hired to be 
the person who gives the speech, the person who does everything. So more often than not, I am actually that person. Sometimes I'm the only bridesmaid. Sometimes they hire me plus other members of my team. So it really depends. That is fascinating. Okay. So since you referenced your team, so now you have a multiple women team that work with you and the brides. So if they just need like a maid of honor person and you have multiple people now on your team, do you talk about like personality and like types of people or in roles? Like, what is that like? Yeah. So, you know, in the past eight years, I've had over a hundred thousand people apply to work for us, which is a lot, but a lot of people who apply to work for us don't realize that this job is not as glamorous as it sounds. You're not just showing up at a party and partying. You're doing a lot of work. You're doing the work of what a best friend would. But when people reach out to hire us, I learn more about them and I try to find them a person whose personality clicks with them. If they need someone who's more assertive or if they need someone who just goes with the flow or if they need someone who's really good at being organized. So yeah, I think like, you know, with a team of people, I try to match people based on personality and also based on how people on my team can problem solve and what their style is. If we have people who reach out and they're like, we want a bridesmaid who's five, seven and looks a certain way, I decline working with them because we're not a modeling agency. We don't provide people. We provide a genuine service. So that's something that I had to set a boundary of very early on is we don't hire based on how people look. We hire based on personality and who's a good fit for that wedding. Right. And there's other places that can do that too. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, if it's just for your photos, I guess. Totally. And a lot of people think we're just a company for photos. Like, oh, they need another body for the photos. But no, people never hire us just for that. As far as services, because I feel like this would be hard because it can really depend on the role. And you don't have to get too much into like the weeds of like how you're pricing it. But if people are thinking you know, this is something that I would want to use or want someone to work with. How is the pricing structured or what is that like? Usually we start off with a flat fee, which covers just the basic service of being at your wedding. But then we have other types of things we can add on, like how many phone sessions do you want to have before? Or do you want us at your bachelorette party or your bridal shower or your engagement party? So there's all different types of add-ons. Pricing was hard at first for this kind of job because there was no one else doing anything like it. So it's been a learning experience. And one of the things I've learned is the best way to price a service like this is based on the hours. How many hours of calls do you want before the wedding? How many hours of in-person services do you want and price it that way? Yeah, I think that makes sense. And I think it's like that for like most services until you get into it and then you see what it's like and you keep doing it over and over again. You're not going to know what the actual scope of work is because you might be pulled in different directions and not know. So I think that just takes a learning curve too. So I'm sure people that are listening might be like, okay, this actually sounds like a really smart idea because I have a a friend who's kind of a mess or I can't trust these people with this. So I need someone to fill in this role, what would you say to them is a good reason to hire someone like a professional bridesmaid? If like, if they're like, I'm still on the fence, but why are people usually hiring you guys? Yeah. You know, I would say number one is like, they don't have any close friends or anyone that they want to call upon for their wedding. And that happens so often, you know, as we get older, we grow apart from people, people are busy, or we just don't want to ask people in our lives to do that. The other reason is, you know, you have like five bridesmaids, but they don't really all click. They're a bit dramatic. You're worried that one of them might maybe sabotage the wedding, which 
happens more than we think. So you might need a professional to go undercover, enter the bridal party and keep the peace. So I'm either keeping the peace or I'm the one who's sort of the only friend in town to support the person. And, you know, either way, I get it. Like, I think one of the things we don't realize is that friendships, relationships are so complicated. And the time in your life when a spotlight is shined on that complicated time is your wedding. So that's why people hire me is because they have things going on. And all of a sudden they have to show up with like a support system that they don't really have. And that's why they come to me. I love that. And I think that's such a great idea. Okay. So you've planned so many and been involved in so many different events and wedding parties. I would just love to pick your brain a little bit on like any recommendations or tips you have for like bachelor or bachelorette parties or like, cause I know bachelorette parties mostly probably, probably not the bachelor party. Cause I know like a lot of rides and people are like, you know, bachelorette parties are becoming so expensive and over the top and experiences. So like, do you have any tips for how people are managing that and what you see as good practice? You know, I think number one is if you're like the maid of honor or the bridesmaids planning the bachelorette party, involve the person getting married if they want to be involved. You know, I think sometimes we leave it up to our friends to plan the bachelorette party so that we're surprised, but then it becomes too elaborate or very different than what we want. Also, I think like when you're planning anything, whether a wedding or a bachelorette party or a bridal shower, don't go to the internet, go to your gut. You know, for a lot of us, it's the first time we're planning a wedding or a bachelorette party. So we Google bachelorette parties and then we just follow what everyone else is doing, but that might not be what you want. So I think even before you plan a bachelorette party, get in touch with what it is that you want. Even if it's something like small and simple that you don't see on Instagram, that's okay too. I think when we have these over-the-top experiences, we think we have to have them. But the truth is, you don't have to have a bachelor party. You can just have a get-together of your closest friends for a weekend at your apartment, and that will still be so special to you. So turn it inward before you start to look at all the trends, look at all the -the over-the-top experiences that you might not want, but you think you have to have because everybody else is doing it. I agree. Are there any trends that you're just really over or that things you're like, I keep seeing people doing this and I'm just like, I'm just over it. Or people you've seen that are just like, uh, no more. I'm honestly over making your bridesmaids spend thousands of dollars on being a bridesmaid. It just, it makes me so annoyed. And the bachelor party is one of the most expensive parts of that. Even making people spend a couple hundred dollars on a bachelor party is crazy. Nobody needs like sunglasses and matching shirts and tote bags and water bottles and all of these things. Like when we're planning these bachelor parties, we sometimes go over the top with decorations and with printing different things and, you know, Venmoing, asking people to Venmo you all this money. So I think it's like, I'm the most impressed when people plan frugal bachelor parties because those are the ones that are more fun. People are showing up not resentful that they had to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars. So, you know, I think like keep in mind that you don't really know everyone's budget and 75% of the things, including decorations that you want for your bachelor party, you don't actually need and no one's going to really remember. I think it's such a sad byproduct of social media and Instagram. And like, I know I contribute to it too, because, you know, as a wedding planner, like part of it is like showing off your work and experience and like, it's very visually driven, but then everyone just feels so much pressure to do that thing or to have that moment that you take a photo and you're taking a selfie and you're on a yacht or whatever it is. That's just like over the top. But I don't know if it's really going to give you the joy that you're looking for, or you're just going to be pissed off that you had to spend that much money for this experience with all these other people that may or may not be your best friends as well. (laughs) 
It's true. And then like, you know, you do it for the picture. But I think one thing no one talks about is that being a bridesmaid changes friendships often, maybe for the good, sometimes for the bad. And I think one of the ways it changes it for the bad is that no one's on the same page with how much money to spend or the commitment of being a bridesmaid. So if you want a lavish bachelorette party, there's nothing wrong with that. You should go out there and do it. But you should really make sure that the people around you can financially support that too. If not, you should cover the cost of the things that you want that maybe your friends and family can't afford. I agree. And then kind of piggybacking on that, for the wedding itself, do you think that there's also things that people feel pressured to do or that the bride feels like they have to do with the wedding party, her girls and guys on the wedding day itself? Yeah. I always ask people like, hey, if they start to express to me doubt or frustration over traditions or just things in general, I'm just, I ask a simple question. I'm like, hey, why are you doing this? Are you doing it because like some wedding guy told you that you have to have bridesmaids wearing the same dress? Are you doing this because someone told you you have to walk down the aisle? Like, why are you doing this? And I think if you start to ask yourself the question, you start to realize that to get married, you don't actually need anything but a pen and a marriage license and like a officiant, right? So any Anything else you include in your wedding should be because you want it, you find it special, you see meaning and value in it, and that's why you should do it. And the same thing goes with bridesmaids. If you're somebody who's like, I don't want bridesmaids, don't have bridesmaids. Nobody will judge you for it. In fact, the trend is no longer to have 10 bridesmaids, it's to have one. I completely agree. I feel, and I just did a podcast episode about this a couple weeks ago on the case for having a smaller wedding party because. The cost adds up. It's not intimate. It's just like hurting cats. If they feel like they don't have anyone to help support them, I think, great. I think it's good to hire you. But don't feel like you have to keep adding more people. Just you and your fiance have the same number or you feel like, you know, you have these people from your high school and these people from college. And then you also have your sibling. You know, it just becomes like a lot. If that's how you want to spend your day with all of these people, with all of these different opinions, like these different social circles, I feel like that just sounds really stressful. So having something more intimate and smaller, I think is definitely more enjoyable. Maybe I'm just getting old, but I definitely see that also as a trend in my couples. Yes, there are still some bigger wedding parties, but a lot of times they're just like, I even had one this summer that she had a maid of honor. He had two co-best men, which was basically his brothers. And that was it. And it was great. Photos were great. People showed up on time. It wasn't like you were having to take like 5 million photos with all of these different groups. It was just nice, you know, and I think more enjoyable. I agree. And I think a lot of people looking back are like, I wish I didn't have 10 bridesmaids. I wish I just had two, you know? So unless you are like BFFFF forever with these people, (laughs) they're not going to be offended as much as you think they are. And they may actually appreciate it because they don't have to spend a ton of money flying on clothes, on, you know, all of these things. Like, you know, I'm a little bit older now, but when my husband and I were in that time period and we had 13 weddings in one summer, which I know a lot of you listening probably have that coming or had to go through with that. I loved it like a little bit later and he was in a wedding and I wasn't. And I was like, awesome. I'm just going to hang out, do whatever I want. I don't have to take photos. I don't have to do any of these things that you have to go do. I'm just going to be by myself and get ready for two hours and just enjoy and not have all this pressure. Yeah. Telling you, you think your friends will be more offended than they are. They're usually more relieved. Yeah, I agree. 100%. So I would love to ask, you know, since you've been doing this for such a long time, do you have any crazy or really odd stories that you've seen or done as being a bridesmaid for hire? 
Yeah. You know, one of my craziest that still wakes me up in the middle of the night is <laughs> I worked a wedding in Staten Island. And right before the wedding started, the bride grabbed me by the arm, put me in a room and told me she no longer liked the groom. She didn't want to get married. So she wanted me to help sneak her out the back door, which, hey, I will do because if that's what you want, I will do it. But I just knew that I could not do that unless her and the groom actually spoke about it. So I locked them in a room for like 10 minutes. And I said, okay, after 10 minutes, if you want to leave, I will help you leave. And they spoke about it. They ended up saying like, they don't want to get married. So they went through with the wedding, but they didn't sign the marriage license. It was like all a sham. But that happens like more often than you think are people who cancel weddings. And I'm sort of that person who they turn to for help. I've had to end engagements before. I've had to counsel people on how to do that. I've had people who needed me to help cancel their wedding two weeks before. Oh my gosh. That's definitely like the negative side of it. You know, I've also like another great story is right when I first started, a couple wanted to hire me from Australia. They were coming to New York City for the first time. They wanted to get married in Times Square. They wanted me as their one bridesmaid. And the story just didn't check out. Back then, it was Skype. They wouldn't go on Skype. They wouldn't send me their social media. I was absolutely certain that they were going to kidnap me, but I was just starting out. I wanted to do it. I said yes. And I remember waiting for them by the subway, like waiting for them to come meet me. And I was like standing by like the NYPD. I'm like, okay, they're going to think I'm crazy if I tell them what's going on, but at least they're nearby. And I just waited for this couple. And finally, they showed up. They were exactly who they were. But it was just like a crazy story because you know, you're young, you start a company, you just want everything to go right. And that was like an instance where I was 99% sure I was getting catfished, but I ended up having like the greatest time with this couple from Australia and we're still friends till this day. Oh my gosh. Would you do that now though? (laughs) You know, I want to say no. (laughs) I want to say absolutely not. But like a part of me is a bit risky and does risky things. I just would never put my employees in that situation. Yeah. I feel like times are changing, but that's insane. I love both of those questions. Those are hilarious. And also just really stressful. Like I feel like luckily I've not had to do that where, you know, they're not in love anymore. They want to call it off or whatever. That's just very, very stressful. But that's amazing that you're able to handle that, which I feel like it could be one of the reasons why people hire you is because they don't feel like they have the support. And maybe they wouldn't have gotten to that point if they'd had the support to be able to talk it through. But having a third party that is more level-headed that they can talk to. And even though it's at like the very, very end, you know, is why they were hiring you too. You're right. Like it's really hard to tell your real friend or your real family member that you're not in love anymore and you don't want to do this, but it's easier to tell a stranger who's seen it all and won't judge you like, Hey, I'm having doubts. Can we talk through it? And like, I think that's sort of the power of this job is that we tell things to strangers that we can't always tell the people closest to us or we're not ready to tell them, right? So a big part of the job is being a little bit of a therapist. And I like that. I'm so grateful for that part of the job. Today's episode is brought to you by our Ask the Planner wedding planning template shop. Regardless of where you are in the wedding planning journey, our template shop has wedding planning shortcuts created just for you. Our most popular item is the ultimate wedding planning checklist for couples, no surprise there, and the wedding mood board template. The checklist is a game changer that tells you what to do when as you plan your wedding. And for all my decor-obsessed couples and fellow wedding pros, the wedding mood board template organizes that messy 
easy Pinterest board into a cohesive decor plan. For my wedding pros out there, my styled shoot, photo, shot list, and timeline is also just for you. Get access to all wedding planning shortcuts and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. Make sure you use the code PODCAST10 for 10% off your entire purchase. Again, use the code PODCAST10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. I do want to transition to some of the listener questions that we have gotten because I think they will resonate with a lot of people that are also listening too. So question one, can we have three maid of honors? I can't choose just one. And I actually got this question from somebody. So I followed up and I was like, so what's going on here? So she has a best friend, two sisters, and then one girl. So she was going to have a matron of honor, a maid of honor, and then another maid of honor, and then just a bridesmaid. So before I talk anymore, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. So a matron, two maid of honors, and a bridesmaid. I think we get way too hung up on the titles here. I think you should drop all the titles and just call them all maids of honor, matron of honor, whatever, or all bridesmaids. I think like, you know, you're trying to have like tiers of friendship, tiers of people here. Drop the titles, make them all special people to you, but give them all different things that you want them to help you with, you know, so that each of them feels like they can get involved and they just don't have that title. But yeah, the truth is you could do whatever you want. You could have 10 maids of honor if you wanted and one bridesmaid. But I think just to drop the title and either call them all the same thing rather than just having one bridesmaid might make more sense. I agree. I feel like by giving all those three, those honorifics, and then the one nothing, nothing, even though she's a bridesmaid, I feel like it's going to hurt the relationship more than just having, I was like, you could have one matron of honor, one maid of honor, and then two bridesmaids. And then I feel like that seems more even, but yeah, I think she is getting kind of caught up in the titles also. Okay. This is next question. What's your advice for a bride who wants to ask her bestie to be her maid of honor, but she's very disorganized and not a planner? which kind of goes into what you do. Yeah, if that's the role that you want her to have, I think it's just being very open and honest about what you want from that person and not sort of expecting things you know that they're not going to do. So if you're like, okay, I want you to be my maid of honor, but I'm going to ask somebody else to do more of like the planning and more of the organizing. And I just need you to be there to support me and do X, Y, and Z that you know they can do. That's fine. But if you're looking for that go-to maid of honor who can really do it all, plan the whole thing, make you feel like every detail is done, then you're not going to want to go with that person because it's going to be a bit of a letdown. So just be realistic about what that person can provide you and your wedding experience. I agree. I think communication is really big in a lot of these questions, but people are afraid to verbalize or ask what they want. And so I think that's where we have communication issues. But great answer. Okay, next question. So this bride wants to do something very over the top in some kind of best bridesmaid proposal box or idea. Not because I think she wants to like go crazy, but these people are really important to me. I want them to know that I really value their role. Have you seen any really awesome, great proposals from the bride to her bridesmaids? Which is kind of crazy that we have these anyways. (laughs) I know. And that's why I'm going to keep it so simple is like, I'm a minimalist. Nobody needs more stuff. Like they just don't need it. They don't need more stuff. But you know what they do need and they would appreciate is like a gift card to a place. Because then on my own time, when I want to, I can go get something nice. So an Amazon gift card, a gift card to get your nails done, a gift card to their favorite store. Like that to me is like, hey, Jen, I'm asking you to be my bridesmaid and I'm giving you a special gift or treat that you can do on your own. 
Because the last part things that anyone needs is a box that has things that say bridesmaid on it or mini champagne. Like those are nice, but I do think for the same amount of money you're going to spend, even sending like a $25 gift card to somebody is just so thoughtful because then they can spend it how they want. Or to their favorite store. Like if you did research, I was in a wedding. I was matron of honor, I think. And I can't remember now. And the bride gave me like a little gift to say thank you. And it was like a little leatherette pouch, which we a lot of us have, like these little like jewelry pouches. But she gave me this, which is so silly, this bag of dried mango, but it was this specific brand that I really, really love. And I was like floored that I had my favorite treat in my bag. And she'd reached out to my husband and was like, what does Desiree love? Da, da, da. And she wrote a nice note, like that thoughtfulness of like going above and beyond, you know, knowing your friend and what they would really love. I think that is going to go further than like this really nice bottle of champagne. I agree with you. If you want to do something bigger, like you could go out with them and do something and experience with them that they would love and then ask them. But I agree with you. I feel like the material things, I don't love those whole like, even like robes with bridesmaid on, like you're going to wear them once. I wouldn't do that. I agree with you. So yeah, great idea. Question four, advice for groom who's deciding between tux or wearing a traditional outfit like a kilt. He's Scottish. They're getting married in the U.S. He likes the idea of wearing a formal tux, but she feels like whenever they go to a wedding, he wears his kilt. He asks for permission in advance from the couple. So she feels like, and whenever they go to weddings in Europe, he always wears the kilt. So she feels like he should wear the kilt, but he's, I think, having a struggle with it. And she's like, well, you could also do like, you know, an outfit change, which I suggested, but she's like, I don't know if he wants to do all that, but advice, your thoughts on traditional wear for the groom. I would say wear whatever you feel the most comfortable with. You know, it's a personal choice of what you wear on that special day. So if someone's going to make you wear something that you're like, I feel sort of weird, then that's going to show in every action, every emotion that you have on that day. So wear what you feel most comfortable with and bring the kilt. If you already have it, bring it because maybe at some point in the wedding, you want to change into it. And maybe you don't know that now. Maybe have it as a backup or as a potential outfit change. But if you are like, I feel the best in a tux for this wedding, go that route. I think that's a really great point and having it as a backup because like you might be there on that day and you're like, actually, you know what? I do want to wear the kilt and you don't have to, you know, commit. I know with girls, a lot of times they commit to the dress, but guys do have more flexibility than we do. Question five, we are 10 months out and haven't picked out dresses or made bachelorette plans yet. Is it too late to ask somebody else to be my bridesmaid? And I asked this girl, I was like, what's the story? And she said, basically, she'd asked a bunch of people already, but then she doesn't talk to this friend a lot, but she is a very, very close friend. And after she had hung out with her or gotten off the phone with her, she was like, I was crazy. Why didn't I ask her? Is it weird to ask her now? Yeah, I would say no. I don't think it's ever too late. I think you could ask a person the day before if you wanted to. But I think be transparent and say, look, you know, I've been thinking over the past couple of months of planning my wedding, how good of a friend you are to me and how much I'd want you to be there on my special day as a bridesmaid. Are you open to it? Is it not enough notice for you? Like, how do you feel about it? And ask. But I don't think there's ever like a too late moment to ask someone to be your bridesmaid. I agree with that. I think she was worried that she was going to seem it was like late. I'm like, I think if describing the relationship that you guys have, I feel like she would be honored by the ask. And I don't think you need to worry about that. But okay. A couple short questions. Is it okay for the bride to pay for the bachelorette party? 
I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, if financially you can provide for that, that would be so awesome. But if financially it's going to put you into debt, then no. I don't think anyone should go into debt over their wedding or being a bridesmaid. Agreed. Last two questions. Should the bride pay for hair and makeup, I'm assuming for the wedding party on the day of the wedding? If they can. You're the person getting married. You probably have so many expenses. And if you can pay for it, that is nice. You know, they don't have to. But I do think like if you're not going to pay for it, you should give your bridesmaids the option of doing their own hair and makeup or finding their own providers that might be less expensive. If it's coming out of someone's pocket, you sort of have to give them a choice just because not everyone can afford even a hundred dollar hair and makeup for the day. So I think if you're not going to pay for it, which you don't have to, give people a choice of figuring out their hair and makeup situation on their own. I agree. I talked about this in a previous episode, but I said that if you want them to use the person that you're hiring so they don't have a choice, I think you should pay for it. If you are letting them choose their own or do their own, then they don't have to. I think it's from a picture standpoint, I feel like if someone chooses not to do it, you can always tell a lot of times which person didn't end up doing it. And then I feel bad because I don't want that person to not feel as good or like not feel as you know, pretty because theirs wasn't professionally done because I feel like I can tell. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Last question. What advice do you have for a kid-free destination wedding when some of the bridal party has kids? So basically, if that's not a destination like in Tulum, but the people that are in the wedding party are going to have to travel to it. So how do you like to break the news to people if it's kid-free? You know, I would explain to them that you're making this celebration kid-free and you understand if they're not able to make it. You know, I know that's like a very tough thing to say, but if you are like a hundred percent on the rule of kid-free and you know that there are people who are not going to be able to come, you have to be okay with that and you have to be okay with sharing that news. But let them know like, hey, we we decided to make it kid-free because of X, Y, and Z reason. I know that's like very tough to tell you. And I also really understand if you can't make it or you can no longer be in the bridal party or whatever it is. If you do want to come, you know, let them know that you're obviously very happy and grateful for that. But I think break it to them as soon as possible so that they don't start making plans to bring their kid and and all of that at your wedding. I agree. These are great, great answers. Is there anything else that you think that we should touch on that we haven't yet that is important? You know, I think like, I just want to stress, like people get so stressed out about like how to be a good bridesmaid, but in the end, being a good bridesmaid is just being a good friend. And what does it mean to be a good friend? It means to communicate. It means to be open and honest. It means to have tough conversations. It means to be there for a person and show up for them. So I think if you're stressed out because you've never been a bridesmaid before, or you want to be a really good bridesmaid, just go back to being a good friend. You could also say no as a bridesmaid for something you can't afford or you don't want to do or you don't have the time or energy to do as well. There's no rules around that. So just remember that you don't have to be a professional bridesmaid. You can be a really awesome bridesmaid just by being a good friend. I agree. And I feel like if it is a burden to you for whatever reason, financially, time-wise, whatever, I think your friend will be okay if you decline the invitation because I don't think they want you to feel like it's a burden on you. And I feel like they would just be happy with you coming to the wedding itself. I completely agree. I think we take things a little too personally. We're on both sides. We're like, oh my God, are they not going to be happy? But I don't think anyone really thinks the same as you. And if you have to say no, you have to decline being a bridesmaid. You're not going to make that person as upset as you think. Well, Jen, it was so lovely talking to you. I really, really appreciate your time. Before we let you go, can you let our listeners know where to find you online? 
Yeah, of course. You can find me at bridesmateforhire.com on TikTok and Instagram at bridesmateforhire. Definitely stop by and say hello. And thank you so much for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. And that concludes today's episode with Jen Glantz, the professional bridesmaid for hire. Wasn't that crazy, but also super interesting and informative? I loved all her insight and advice, and it was just so fun chatting with her. She seems so down to earth and totally fun, so I think she would make an awesome maid of honor if you're listening and think you might need to recruit her for your wedding party. If you have any follow-up questions, make sure you send me a DM on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast or call the wedding planning hotline at 585-210-3467. Again, that's 585-210-3467. For the episode show notes, make sure you visit verveeventco.com forward slash 83. Again, that's verveeventco.com forward slash 83. Also, be sure you follow her and give her a shout out on Instagram at bridesmaid for hire. And now it's time for our review of the week. Today's review comes from Julia R. in Pennsylvania. And Julia writes, five stars, love this podcast. This podcast has helped me focus on what I can control when it comes to having a memorable wedding. I often listen to her podcast during the night when I'm getting ready for bed. Could not recommend Desiree's expert tips more highly. Yay. Thank you so much, Julia, for that amazing review. I'm so glad you're loving the podcast. I also listen to podcasts when I'm getting ready for bed and also when I'm getting ready in the morning when I'm doing my hair and makeup because it keeps me company (laughs) during the day. If you haven't left the podcast or review yet, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you love and where you listen to the show. Don't forget, you can always call our wedding planning hotline at 585-210-3467 with any of your questions. And finally, y'all, if you've been listening to the show for a little bit, you know I'm really trying hard to think of a name for you, our listeners. If you have a suggestion, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and your vote for what we should call you. If you come up with the winning name for our podcast listeners or our Instagram fans, whatever you guys want to call yourselves, you will win a one-hour all-access call with me. I will answer any and all of your wedding planning and wedding business owning questions. We can put together your wedding budget, draft your wedding design, whatever it is for an entire hour. You can pick my brain completely for free. All entries will be accepted until the end of February 2023, at which time you all will vote. So leave us a five-star review with your suggestions, and I will update you all each week. Currently, this week's update is we have no suggestions yet still, so you have a really good chance of winning. I keep wanting to call you guys something like wedding party, but that doesn't really make sense. And planner just sounds too boring, like my planners. I don't know. I just feel like there's more to you all than that. And I feel like you guys are more fun. I looked up a bunch of words in the dictionary that include the word plan, which it doesn't have to be. But plantation, like plan nation, doesn't really make sense. Explanation, maybe, because I explain things. But again, like, eh, I think you guys are more fun. So anyways, that is this week's update on our names. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I can't wait to talk to you next week. And again, if you want the episode show notes, make sure you visit verveventco.com forward slash 83. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com. 
where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 